Kia ora and welcome to episode 234. I'm joined by Darren Ellis. If you're on Spotify and trying to find the video, whoops. What happened is I uh, got quite excited. Darren had cooked up a beautiful uh, lamb shoulder and so we were wrapping up. Press pause on the recording. Press pause on the video and uh, shut the laptop. Because I thought, you beauty. However, I didn't give it enough time to uh, do its thing. So, corrupt video file. Thankfully, whew, we got the audio. And let's be honest, most of you just listen to this as you go. So, nothing lost there apart from uh, our beautiful faces. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and Darren's great little office, which, as he mentions, he's, he's quite enjoying having a space to do the deep work. But anyway, Darren, of course, uh, founded CrossFit New Zealand. Super passionate. And uh, what do you say? 15-odd years on. Um, he's evolving. That's the name of this podcast and the name of his new, one of his new companies. Check out uh, Darren's link tree. That's there in the show notes. And that'll take you to a, a raft of things, including a discount with the, the legend Cliff Harvey, uh, what do we got there? New Zest Protein. Big fan myself, actually. Um, used to really enjoy their vanilla protein. The, the greens is also pretty good quality. So yeah, Darren has a discount for New Zest Protein. Um, you'll hear us crack into the drink Adipas there at the start. Um, Darren's saying he's a big fan of the old L-theanine. Um, and uh, you can get 20% off codes there in the show notes uh there's 20 percent off the gymnastics rings yeah good good quality product there from 180 projects kiwi lad over there in melbourne another kiwi lad over in melbourne although i think he's in thailand at the moment is uh kent mulligan with modern pirate you can get 10 percent off your order for some quality hair products and soaps and beard oils and you know all that good stuff modern pirate and uh 20 off another mount local it was quite handy living here in Tokoroa. Jump over the hill to the mountain, interview these great people. Uh, Mr. Max Books. Um, yeah, great reader. If you've got young kids, especially young fellas, um, yeah, super weirdos, 20% off that. So all those codes are in the show notes. And then if you're trying to make your money work for you with all these uh, rising in OCR and all that jazz and wars in Ukraine and still a global p- pandemic, I guess. Welcome to the orange light. Um, you can check out Easy Crypto for uh, $20, I think it is. Well, $10 maybe. You know, it's in the show notes. And uh, $5 towards Shearsies if you use those links, those referral codes. Check them out. Just there in the show notes. Click on the episode that's in you. That you're already done to listen to this. And uh, yeah, help out your life. Help out the podcast. All right, without further ado, enjoy this conversation. Absolute legend. Bloody awesome to meet in person, Darren Ellis. Cheer. Do you rate it? Hey? Said, do you rate it? This thing? Yeah. Um, it is actually pretty good. But uh, I had one before, a bigger one. It was rubbish, so I don't know. Sometimes <laughs> it's anyone's guess, I guess. Um, we're still fine our feet we've just we moved in December yeah we've got shitty roo out in the garage there there's 
all, all everything you need for a workout, but there's no room to do it. No room to do it. So, yeah. Turn this one. Yeah. Close the door. We've got the garage, like the door to the outside open, so there's a bit of breeze, otherwise we're cooking. Is that alright? Yeah, man. Beverages, yeah, what a good guest. Uh, yeah, that's your lift here. Both not wearing the white t-shirt, so it's always nice if we get oh, yeah. that sort of in there. It'll be a good sound, come over like that. Oh, boom. Always nice. Cool. Darren, we sort of talked about the various paths that have crossed us over, and I sent you yesterday morning the uh, link that brought us probably in each other's sphere, which was... Yeah, started it off. Mr. Fred Late. I've, I met Fred. He played... Uh, well, was our physio first, but then he played front row for us at uh, Varsity for the Rebels. How did he sort of come into your life? I remember coming into my gym uh, to check out the craze that was CrossFit. Nice. Uh, so it was a craze then. It was a craze, yeah. <laughs> and um, he was a skeptical physiotherapist. That is exactly what he was. He had his skeptical face on. I still remember with his arms crossed. Scottish skeptical. Looking stern. <laughs> um, kind of, I think, yeah, daring me to prove that this was any good. Yeah. And uh, he went away intrigued. And then I was running an, an intern program for new coaches. Yep. And uh, he, yeah, he showed up, and he was one of the um, most regular attendees. Mm -hmm. I was, did it evenings, and I was across about twelve weeks or something. Like I made it deliberately, you know, a long commitment, and uh, free kick coming back, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, started coaching for me. Then started his physio business out of our gym, and yeah, a long and um, illustrious history together. Nice. So um, from you interning coaches to the levels. Um, how did your coaches find them? Because I've uh, spoken to a few people that have tried the level one, and it not go. They not get the level one. Like, to oh, do you mean the level one CrossFit, CrossFit. course? Yeah. Uh, well, I don't like to brag. Yeah. But uh, no, bragging's fine. <laughs> <laughs> there was more than one coach that remarked to me after they went to, to their level one or their level two, even that uh, they didn't learn anything they hadn't already. Yes done with me but you know to be fair i was uh, to a certain degree i was passing some of that knowledge on that i'd received from some fantastic coaches in that program yeah best in the world level one and two trainers they are um, class act so yeah a lot of that was just simply passed along nice nice yeah. so on that darren or dears and like what do you like to be called Darren's fine but Darren's yeah right. most but most people most people like a bit of days um, yeah um, yeah I, I find when you introduce yourself by your nickname it's always a bit weird right yeah yeah so, now my my girlfriend definitely gets out of late, you know. Who's Ryan and who's Stag? <laughs> yeah, a oh, Stag actually your nickname. Yeah, oh. yeah, that was again a varsity rugby club, right? Miss Mishap. Um, Usually they are. Yeah, move, moving to Auckland after Southland had won the Renfrewly Shield with Ryan Stag O'Connor on my Facebook, it got misconstrued that the significance of what the Stag on my Facebook right, name was, and right. so yeah, it kind of accidentally and i wasn't angry about it got taken over as my nickname right. so okay. yeah yeah definitely worse <laughs> yeah that's right yeah. yeah um so my question for you then darren is what do you think you're known as 
and who's Darren now? Jeez, we're straight in there with the deep ones. Yeah, well, you know, I thought I'd so, go there. <laughs> yeah, why not? Um, I'm up for a challenge. So did you say what? What do you think you were known as and who is Darren now? Heck. Um, I would hope that I am known as a good coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and while it sounds like there would be an and and an another and to that uh something that i always tried to work on uh was the coach with a capital c mm-hmm. um you know in america that culture right coach capital c it was a big deal it was a lot of respect um and uh so i i, I guess i wanted to make coach uh something more than it was mm. um, particularly in the fitness industry which uh you know is, is a rarity um people don't spend a lot of time in the industry work-wise i think the average is three years or, or less mm. um and people who practice fitness are probably you know in that realm as well if not lower right we all know the sort of stats about people join in january and they've all quit by march and so yeah just wanting to elevate what it meant to be a coach mm. um and i particularly worked on that more in, in recent years where i was trying to you know push beyond just fitness just a workout, you know, delving into nutrition, delving into mindset, delving into breathing, delving into mobility, uh, resilience, and all that sort of thing. So I'm really trying to elevate what it meant to, to be a coach. So uh, if I'm not there yet, I'm, I'm still working on it, but that, that would be, um, I guess, a nice legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and second part of the question was? Like, who, how would you describe yourself now? Who is, who is Darren Ellis today? Oh, man, you've got some good ones straight off the bat. But I guess if we get through these two, it'll get easier, right? I hope so. <laughs> uh, I guess I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to be an example mm-hmm. at the moment. And, you know, some of that involves some cheesy social media and that's, that's a vehicle that sort of exists to, to most people today. So I'm making my peace with it. Um, but a real life example as well um, to friends, to, to my daughter, to my wife. Mm. Um, of what it means to be fit, I guess, mm. Mm. Um, as a broad stroke, but um, something that uh, I've been saying to people and to pr- prospective clients is, you know, I, I'm looking to coach people that want to um, live through fitness, not for fitness, and um, that would pretty accurately describe what I'm I'm trying to do. You know, use my fitness to just enjoy the heck out of life. Mm-hmm. Um, not make it all about that time in the gym mm-hmm. and I've been there and done that you know through CrossFit as a sport mm-hmm. it's what's required you have to um, live and breathe it and it's you're you're basically training to get good at training mm-hmm. training to exercise fast um, and, and it was great fun but uh, now I'm training to you know live a very vibrant active adventurous um, life yeah I think, I think it's the Fowler brothers down south is that, that might be right more wrong ben fowler maybe you know i'm watching them going holy heck they're lifting pulling throwing running you know elliptical or not elliptical bloody assault biking oh the the young crew uh, <coughs> at a plus six four are they are yeah. they there no i don't even oh know. no they're at selwyn yeah like in canterbury somewhere yeah like, yeah cross at selwyn i think or selwyn yeah. strength initiative or something like yeah that. i think i know what you mean they did They've got like well the South South Park on their wall. Oh yeah, off their gym. Nice, nice. <laughs> but yeah, I was like watching the muscle up that he's doing today, and it's like waist was hitting the bar, and I'm like, how the hell does he do that? <laughs> <laughs> I read on your um, website, 
it was the Wild West when you were competing. Can you just describe like how wild and western this was? <laughs> well, and I wasn't even the first first to the party, but um, you know, I guess reasonably OG. Um, the regionals of two thousand and what would they have been? Two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could just enter. So you just signed up. Um, if you get yourself to Sydney, you could compete. Mm-hmm. And I still remember, um, you may know um, um, Ruth Harrell from no. down south. She's she's fittest in New Zealand in those early days. Awesome. She has Wild South CrossFit in, in Bicargill. Ah, right. Yeah. And uh, she went to the games multiple times. Yeah. And she was doing ring dips with a band to assist um, at these regionals. Sweet. Because, because she'd never seen rings. Yeah. She'd never swung a kettlebell. That was also in there. Um, and uh, I forget where she placed. She didn't qualify that year because she was automatically DQ'd in yeah. the sense of um, being able to qualify movement. with the bands. Yeah. Um, but I think there was only about four women that could do ring dips without the bands at that time. Um, and we ran the Junes that they sent all the rugby leagues league teams up uh, out at Cronulla. Yeah. Commando Steve. <laughs> if you remember him from Biggest Loser. Yeah. yeah so he won. <laughs> Oh, wow. Um, he was, it was his gym that it was held at. Um, and, uh, yeah, that was, it was, cra- it was pretty crazy. It was like three events or four events across a weekend. And how did work get out? As, well, I know I found it, I was running boot camps at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just browsing the net looking for workout inspiration. And I stumbled across CrossFit and I think I saw something like, you know, a hundred pull-ups, something less stupid. Then <laughs> moving on. Yeah. Who does a hundred pull-ups? Uh, turns out people can. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I th- and then it was uh, not ashamed to admit it was the, the movie Three Hundred, right? Yep. The Spartans came across that. These dudes look pretty jacked, and um, there was CrossFit esque training in their yeah, in their regime. Three hundred, yeah, yeah. I think I did that a few times. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that just re- re- sort of sparked the interest. Of, okay, I'm going to go take another look at this. Hmm. What I realized was there was just such a simple genius in the uh, programming. Hmm. Um, so when they said 100 pull-ups and then said scale is needed, um, they were they weren't um, they were giving you some credit, right? They weren't treating you as a dummy. Like yeah. if, if, look at that. Like you know if you can work through 100 pull-ups or not. If that's a good idea or not. Hmm. If it's not a good idea, do 75. If that's still not a good idea, do 50. If if that's a problem do some ring rows mm-hmm. you know and for some people 100 is fine uh, and I, I there was this sort of this you know bolt of lightning holy cow this is actually like i love this stuff mm-hmm. for that reason you know it's so classy in its simplicity mm-hmm. um so yeah down the rabbit hole there but uh yeah those those early events were you know held on what we had we held the next year we held what was then called the sectionals it was the only year that existed it was before they brought the online open and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the sectionals qualified you to the regionals right and we hosted it um for our particular area and we're, we're outside on like a gravel driveway um <laughs> i had to buy all the bumper plates yeah um that we'd borrowed because i'd pockmarked them all i put holes all in them from them being dumped on the ground um the pull-up bar was uh, actual scaffolding yep with actual dried flakes of concrete still on them which shredded everybody's hands um you know that was what it was like in those days yeah um and wouldn't have it any other way right it was, it was and, and did you have the 
each um, events written for you or did you have to come up with that we had to come up with our own um, yeah so that also I mean if you search back you'll see some of the regions came up with some hairy stuff mm-hmm. um, but uh, you know Rob Holler Industrial Athletic like yes yeah yeah, yeah. so I got, um, got to listen to him speak with uh, Stefan Smith the other day on Garage and yeah, Project yeah I, I listened to that one too yeah it was fantastic and yeah. he was talking about how you know he sort of came to you you came to him kind of like yeah what well he he sort of the scaffolding up for me <laughs> um, so I gave him some grief for giving me the, the old shit the concrete one um, yeah. but he also he put a little fireman's twist on it we had a Kaiser with the sledges and that was part of the final event was, was whacking the Kaiser with the sledgehammer you know for, for distance yeah, so what does how does that even work it's it's basically a, a lump of steel mm. sitting on some um, what do you call it like silicon yeah pads um, and you've got to knock at a set distance yeah <laughs> whack, whack. and then we dragged the dummy and carried a hose and we wore BA equipment through the whole thing as well just to make it you know um, I saw when we got it we got a bit of flack from the international community about yeah. that one you know but it was it was great at the time yeah it, like um, hero workers and stuff that are linked to military but there's like civilian services links with CrossFit yeah. too right yeah absolutely um, and that just that appealed to that uh, that breed, I guess you would say. Anyone who uh, put their life at risk or had a very high stress, high physicality to their job mm. was attracted to it because um, it helped them do their job better. Um, yeah, and, and those people, you know, helped them increase their chances of survival too, which was you know, very important. Very important. You know, growing up in Invercargill, my old man's been a rowing coach for forever. He did sort of five years professionally um, up until well, two years ago. And I remember the Invercargill firefighters would come out to the rowing club because they had the rowing machine at the had their oh, fire, right. firehouse, and you know a lot of firefighters are tall, strapping lads, and so they ended up being quite good, good rowers. And of course, the good thing about Invercargill is, even though it's uh, sort of fifteen twenty k's away the river, you know you're there in fifteen twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah, and then they bike, they bike as well. So, wow. you know, it was a great way for them to sort of cross train, get outside as well, and. Oh, that's you know, cool. Probably not knowing that they were dealing to their circadian rhythm after yeah. all their shift work and stuff like that. Yeah. I was a volunteer firefighter for a while, but uh, the main reason that people did that, where I was from, was uh, to get cheap beer. Cheap beer. So they weren't that strapping. <laughs> <laughs> yes, now I have seen the old truck pull up at the Tokoroa volunteers and they go, hey, you guys have to save some people's yeah. lives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, so that's, yeah. that's still good. So how did it develop to we need a big floor space, big walls, um, and then actually a big roof too, like my garage at home. I need a bigger roof. <laughs> with, the, with the gym? Yeah. Uh, well, this, yeah, the space that we're in was uh, had 100 square metres of, of workable floor space. Yeah. And um, you probably could still see the odd uh, YouTube video of um, us doing workouts like Grace, which is uh, 30 clean and jerks as fast as you can for those who, who um, aren't, aren't familiar with that and um, all crammed in like sardines <laughs> dropping bars like you know right next to each other mm. uh, but we made it work and then uh, one day yeah there was uh, the thing was full jam-packed and um, the people waiting for the next class were kind of milling around um, in the mezzanine area and then we had a beginners class and they were out on the driveway with the car still coming and going trying to get them ready to go and um, we just realized yeah we need bigger space mm-hmm. um started looking and 
that's hard work looking for, looking for real estate but uh it, and it's kind of a you have nothing you have nothing you have nothing boom you find something and you're in and that all happens very quickly and um, we actually ended up doing a uh it was two k's away so we persuaded the members to yes. carry all the crap <laughs> yes two k's like grab something carry it two k's do 50 burpees and run back um which in hindsight it sounds horrible but um they were they were all for it people were carrying like half rowers yep. dragon sleds 20 kilo plates um barbells yeah nothing like an amazing. odd object carrier yeah it's fantastic <laughs> yeah um and we've you know what to this to, to up until I, I i closed it uh we really maintained that that definition of odd object you know it wasn't always just a sandbag although that was a, a great tool but yeah grab a plyo box grab a grab a squat rack Mm-hmm. carry it down the driveway and back um, phenomenal test yeah. yeah how was that decision man close closing um, easy easy right <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were going to go easier but <laughs> yeah no uh, by the time we got there I guess yeah. uh, uh, not far off 15 years running that place mm. um, 20 years in the industry and um, you know a couple of tough years with the the pandemic um first year was like come at me bro like it was it was a great challenge i i actually thrived i mm-hmm. really welcomed this you know completely left field challenge and uh members were supportive you know and it was all right we're gonna get through this mm-hmm. uh, second one was a bit of a pain and third one or fourth one i lose track but uh the, the last big one um not gonna lie it was like it knocked me it's like I don't want to do this. I don't want to do Zoom classes and and pretend everything's fine and all that. And it was just annoying. But that aside, um, probably f- from the moment the first lockdown happened, I just started had been really mulling over different things about how the fitness industry was working, how I was delivering what I did, how I worked with people, what was working, what wasn't working, and. Uh, We'd be changing a lot of things, and we went through a rebrand as a result. You know, I, I, I it wasn't. Um, I always said it wasn't anything to do with CrossFit. It was mm. how CrossFit was perceived, and mm. the, unfortunately, the reason that CrossFit was perceived so poorly was because of most of the people that did CrossFit. Um, and there was no change. There was not going to be any way to change that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I realized the only way was to, to, to rebrand and, and... So what was that poor stereotype that you identify? You know it, right? If I say it, you know exactly. It's it's just the, the full frother, go hard, eyeballs bleeding, yeah. on the ground, poor sweat, you know, ripped hands. Sweatpants. Um, yeah. And uh, I've been there, done that, loved it all when mm. I was doing it. The issue is not enough people love it not enough people can actually uh, thrive when they're presented with that kind of training. Mm. Um, and the people that I wanted to help, the people that actually needed it, it was, you know, the dead set opposite of what they, what they needed. Mm-hmm. And you can talk about scale and, you know, you can just do this, you can modify that. And, but at the end of the day, they don't need to be snatching it. If they snatch a broomstick, it's a waste of time. If they snatch any weight, they're trashing their shoulders because they've spent 50 years hunched over a computer mm. um, and so on and so on and it's just it's very tough to yeah, get enough people the right dose mm-hmm. 
but I was up for the challenge. So, you know, we started playing around with different ways to deliver that. Um, and the main thing was modifying the programming and, and I thought improving it for gen pop. That was the key. You know, so there's, there's so arguments to be made. A, a limitation of success? Like, funny, well, yeah, funny, funny you say it. And something I'd only been thinking about recently was uh, my, the, my gym population was roughly 10 years old on average than most other CrossFit gyms. Mm-hmm. Um, we were like 35 to 55, whereas mm-hmm. the average was 25 to 40. Mm-hmm. Um, and that part of that was we had such great retention. These people joined at yeah. 30 and became, and now they were 44, 45 um, at the end of it. And so even even they were realizing, you know, they had to modify what they're doing versus when they first started. Mm-hmm. Younger, fitter, uh, less injuries less responsibilities less stress more time like that other word there responsibilities yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah these things were different and uh, and I wanted to be able to provide for those people you know the average 25 year old is going to be fine mm-hmm. they can do whatever and they'll get fitter they'll be okay you know um, but the older people like myself <laughs> mm-hmm. realised it was you know just things had to be tweaked a little bit um so sorry it's a bit of a meandering path but yeah effectively I wanted to find a way to have more success with my clients and I felt that I was only having marginal success with a large group Mm. Uh, people that showed up got fitter Um, the people that listened and and I mean that in the nicest possible way but you know if they they were coachable um, and did the right things you know, I don't think you should snatch today. You're, you're looking a little bit jacked up, or mm. I think you should have a day off, or I think you should throttle back here, or should, you know, that sort of thing. People who are responsive to that made great progress. Um, but a lot of people were relying on the community as a like to, to keep them there. Um, but there's no point in having a great community and all your friends there if you're only managing to train once or twice a week. Mm. So, um, or, or if you're not coachable and you let that community drive you to uh, levels of effort that were detrimental to your to your progress, to your health. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just saw too much of that, and it was a struggle to convince people. Otherwise, when they're in such a like you know hyped, charged yep. community, yeah, um, I, I was just as guilty. You know, it's oh, I'm going to pull back today, and then you get that side look from one of your top di- top guys, mm-hmm. and next thing you're going full full throttle. Mm-hmm. You know, guess we'll show them who's the alpha. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it, yeah, it's absolutely. So. Um, yeah. So, but when it so when it all came around, I just I, I thought actually this is the time, and you know there were other factors. Um, new family. Mm. I really had a desire to move out of Auckland, so everything just culminated perfectly. To be yeah. honest. Yeah. Um, and uh, so when the decision came, it was very easy. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so like, <clears throat> there's there's two sides. Everything like, there's the end of eras, and then there's that community and hanging on. And yeah. Like I know at the moment I sort of moved to Tokoroa to, to hopefully get an opportunity and I've sent it up nine months on that hey that opportunity's not there and I've handed it my notice but I've got this again a long long resignation period unfortunately being an optometrist they don't grow on trees or it's a bit like money you know mm. they don't grow on trees and so you've got to hang around for a while but I was you know getting a little bit of agitation going on and obviously it wasn't an overnight process of getting to that point like like you would have said with, with closing getting to the point would have been the easy part but the yeah the process was the long. process was long and yeah. uh um 
just sort of thought, oh, I'll try this meditation that this girl in Hawke's Bay, uh, Gemma, Gemma Douglas, has done. And it was first thing, it was like, relax your busy mind. I'm like, oh, shit, that's me. Mm. And then just, you know, as meditation does, things things come to you. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, I'm, I'm in a grief phase here. I was like, I'm getting angry, I'm getting sad, I'm getting depressed. And I'm trying to rationalise and bar- bargain this rubbish. And I was like, oh, that's, that's it. How? Yeah. There must have been a process, and yeah, like you know, yeah. you, especially the bargaining thing when you've got such a strong community, and you're going to go like, guys, they they we're turning the lights off. Yeah, well, it's, a, it's absolutely a lot to walk away from. Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, not to mention just the uh, reliability of a business that I'd run for for such a long time. Mm. Uh, so, heading away from that was was certainly a big deal, um, but. Uh, excuse me i've done it i've done it a few times in the past mm-hmm. whether it's travel or um starting the business in the first place and it uh i was reminded that yeah just having a crack generally doesn't go too poorly yeah in the sense of um you're not so committed that that's the end of it right it's just mm-hmm. a decision mm-hmm. um, and there's other decisions that can be made down the track if you decide that that wasn't really the decision you wanted it to be mm-hmm. you just make another decision mm-hmm um and a big part of that is just so you can rationalize it <laughs> but um but i do believe it i do believe it yeah. mean, you've got to back yourself right when you make mm. that call so um yeah it's funny you say that it must have been a lot of that going on the uh the the, the grief and the, the the denial and this that and the other because when i decided it was full commit mm-hmm. um that was it there was no second guessing there was no regrets um uh, certainly, I was always uh, the main thing was was that I wasn't going to see a lot of lot of the people from that community um, much anymore. Mm, mm. Uh, but as far as my career and what I wanted to achieve, that felt like the logical next step. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was your um, training background? To- uh, well, I was absolutely rubbish at sport growing up because I was tiny. Yeah. Um, tiny. <laughs> Uh, first year at high school, I weighed 35 kilos. Oh, wow, yeah. Um, so everyone loved lunchtime rugby, just, oh, let's spare tackle, Darren. <laughs> um, so that was, yeah, so I wasn't that into rugby. Mm. Um, and it was actually a bit of a classic kind of bullying thing. I took up Kung Fu when I was 11, mm-hmm. um, and I did that um, through to about 18, then got into a few other martial arts, kickboxing, um, Wing Chun, um, and then I went overseas when I was 20 and that was it. I only exercised my, my right bicep for yeah. the next wee while. Um, and then when I came back, uh, adult student, 27, um, mm-hmm. university and, uh, then it was just, just gym, just yeah. going to the gym. Uh, so, and then, yeah, when I discovered CrossFit, I was 32. When you were just going to the gym, what was the aim? Like undo that there's years of traveling and drinking? <laughs> Yeah, 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 to a certain degree. Um, funnily enough, just before I went away um, at 20, I was going to the gym and I hurt my shoulder. Classic uh, 20-year-old, too much bench press. Mm. Hurt my shoulder and it gave me grief the entire time I was away. I, I was um, probably two years of constant pain and then it was pretty sporadic for another three after that. And I could never really get it right because mm. I was always traveling. So I'd see a physio and they would give me something and I got a different diagnosis every time I saw them. But then I'd be off on another big trip and um, wouldn't do my rehab, mm-hmm. slacker. <laughs> and um, so it was constantly a problem. And um, I found some, uh, what we'd call it, I was a bit more grounded when I was living in Canada for a while. Right. Um, stayed in one place, got some dedicated treatment, 
and um, sort of came right like that. Yeah, yeah. And I think that was that really sparked it. You know, suddenly I could use my arm again because it was it pretty much was useless. It, a lot of lot of uh, atrophy. Um, and once I was training again, I was just I threw myself in it and I was started self educating myself um, on this newfangled thing called the internet mm. and uh, just read everything I could find and um, yeah and then I suddenly realized I, I'm I need to go home and do a degree yeah uh, and it all started to happen pretty quickly from there. Mm. What facilitated yeah. your, tra- uh, your travel? Partly because I had nothing going on in my life. Small yeah. towns, Te Aumaru, I was working for Wrightson out the back in the merchandise store. Yeah. Making $6.20 an hour. And, um, you know, live for Friday night. Yeah. Where I'd, you know, get uh, blackout drunk and do it all again on Monday. Yeah. Um, because I went, funnily enough, uh, when I, I failed high school yeah. dramatically, yeah. every subject except for PE, mm-hmm. which I got the first award for. Hey. <laughs> um, so the writing was on the wall, but I couldn't go to university with those grades. Yeah. So yeah, into the dead end job. Well, what was what was the sort of balance of aspiration there? Like, did did you have the idea that oh, a PE degree would be great? Or well, no. Um, just like, it's a funny thing. Um, didn't really I, I didn't really understand. Yeah. Um, sometimes I try to you know play the blame game. I felt like my teachers weren't that helpful. Yeah. But to be honest, I wasn't a kid that was that was very helpable. Yeah. Um, I was a bit of a yeah going there to eat my lunch. So I can imagine teachers will focus on the ones that you know show a bit of promise and want to be helped. I talked about coachable athletes. Yeah, I wasn't a coachable student. Yeah. Um, so yeah, not their fault, my fault. But yeah. uh, I, I had no concept of what university meant. Yeah. Um, again, living for Friday night that was that was it for me, unfortunately. But uh, going away, um, just yeah, it seemed like something interesting to mm-hmm. do. Um, was hating my job. Uh, and yeah, boom, eyes open. Uh, I, I, I was working in dead end jobs because I had no skill. Mm-hmm. So I was bartending, waiting. Mm-hmm. Um, I did some bouncing. I worked on farms. I peeled celery in a factory. You know, I did it all. But uh, because the pay was so crap, mm-hmm. I traveled only in poor countries yep. where I could make the money stretch. Mm-hmm. So a um, year and a half in Africa, yep. six months through the Middle East, six months through Central America. Mexico, that sort of sort of thing, um, and so yeah, eyes eyes wide open. Mm. Little TA boy suddenly realised how the world um, worked, and um, massive. So yeah, uh, I'd like to think that that, that school of uh, of hard knocks helped make up for the the poor effort I did in, in high school. Um, <laughs> the knocks on the rugby field, yeah. yeah. And yeah. why why allowed you to stay in in Canada for a good good period of time? Because you know that's comparable to living in New Zealand, where you dollar you know doesn't stretch so far yeah why did I stay you mean we all would like what allowed you to stay I was there illegally <laughs> is, that, is that what you mean <laughs> good yeah, my work visa ran out a long time ago and uh, I was I was there I stayed because of a girl of course yeah um, but yeah work visa ran out and I just was doing cashier, a cashy job for actually a Kiwi guy who had a business there and um, <laughs> doing what yeah just apologising laying hardwood floors yeah apologising yeah. the way out you were supposed to have been yeah, gone a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the things you do. At least it didn't kick you out, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was actually um, around uh, uh, 9-11, um, so everything was all a bit chaotic. Mm. Um, uh, so, yeah, I went, I went home just shortly after that. They don't sort of have some sort of retrospective conversation with you, like, you've been here this long, where's, 
Where's all your money? No, they just had more going on. You know, they just had more going, more on, going on with 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 all that. So not to profit off uh, a tragedy like that, but yeah, it was <laughs> some tragic Kiwi. It was mostly around security, <laughs> yeah. you know, coming in and then leaving. Yeah, right. <laughs> Fantastic. What was the job doing? Oh, lighting Harbour Falls here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. funny as. Is there like the decision to come home was to be an adult student, or that was yeah. kind of, okay, yeah. right? Yeah, I decided to do that. Yeah. And again, I was uh, there illegally. Yeah, the guy wanted he wanted to make me a partner in the business, but it was not possible. <laughs> um, and I didn't want to lay hardwood floors. Yeah, forever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's once I got that bug. Once I fixed that shoulder, it was a bug mm. for fitness. Mm. Yeah. And then so did did you know that being above twenty five, you could go to uni? Yeah, I started doing the research. Yeah. Out. I mean, I actually did consider like, what does it mean to go to uni in Canada and what I meant was a hundred grand a year. So, um, nice. We, you know, international students. So no, I'll go home and do that. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, that was that was the setup. And uh, got a job in a, in the university gym mm-hmm. that first year, and um, it was away. Yeah. Which uni was that? University of Auckland. Right. Yeah. Good gym. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, like, how did you sort of then end up crossing paths with Mickey and Cliff and? Uh, I guess it was once the CrossFit space has started I don't think I met Cliff before that Mm -hmm. Um, I think Rob might have introduced Cliff to me Um, they'd they'd cross paths and then was that with Cliff's lifting yeah possibly Um, Rob's wife Amber is Cliff's cousin Uh Um, so that was possibly a link as well excuse me uh and then yeah, I just I think that was through it, and then through Cliff met Mickey and, and the crew, and and it's it's you know it's a pretty uh, well it was back then a smaller community of people who were I guess, slightly more holistic and alternative mm-hmm. paleo world, the CrossFit world, you know, some overlap. There wasn't that many of us. Um, and so were you sort of looking for answers or foundations oh, or constantly, yeah, constantly, right? Yeah, still haven't found them. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, it was always, uh, I mean, that's a big part of the evolution of the gym and the rebrand and everything was always just, yeah. um, the, and I mean, the, the programming business I have, uh, with a, with another friend, uh, is called Evolve and that's, you know, classic, like that's what it is. It's always been evolving mm-hmm. everything we do. And I, I think that's important, right? If you, if you stand still, mm. you stagnate, um, you stop learning and the stuff that used to work doesn't always keep working mm-hmm. and you've got to mm-hmm. figure out why, um, or, or can you do it better? Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, if, if I'm going to sort of brag about something I'm good at, I was always asking questions and, and, and asking how can we do it better or how can we improve mm-hmm. it or why isn't this working? And uh, that was, yeah, it was always the goal. And, and I'll be honest, uh, I'm never afraid to be honest, I think there was some like arrogance in there because we were the first CrossFit gym in, in New Zealand. Mm. Uh, there was a part of me that liked leading the charge I guess Mm. Um, and I wanted to Um, but maybe I'd like to think that there was also I wanted to because I wanted I just wanted to see it done the right way yeah Um, and uh, yeah we so that was that was always a goal was to try to you know just have that be that beacon like this is how it should be done so you know I would harp onto any other owner that would listen you know you need to be charging more you need to be doing this you need to be trying to get coaches up towards full time um Etc. Etc. You know everything. Trying to professionalize that industry, mm-hmm. um, and uh, 
whether it's yeah, professional injuries for the people who worked in it, also you know the people who were paying to be serviced by it, you know, making sure they got the kind of service that they needed to to mm. stay on and make mm. you know make it this thing again. Elevate that word coach. You know? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Come back to like the word word coach. Is, is that kind of like the, the college? East coach type guy. Yeah, well, I guess that's where it started, right? Um, but because you know, if someone would say to me, "Oh, what do you do?" and I'd tell them, oh, "I've got this costume." Oh, so you're a PT? You know, and I've, I'd almost feel insulted. Yeah. And it's like no insult, no ins- insults to the uh, PTs out there. Um, but it was for the same reason. Like I felt like the, the term PT or gym instructor right had become this lesser term. Yeah. Um, and to a certain degree, it had, but because of the people who were doing that to that term. Mm-hmm. Not the great ones out there. Yeah. They were struggling the same as me. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, sort of, I wanted to get away from trainer and, and, and instructor and be like, oh, I, want, I want to coach. Um, and that made more sense to me as a word. Yeah. Um, because it was what we were doing. Yeah. You've seen that a little bit in the Liz Mills program. Like, I'm, I'm sure that's kind of been the undoing and doing of fitness in New Zealand is, you know, a large organization's journey to try and because I guess they're trying to get gym pop but yeah they've still got that whole like class buy-in you know it's uh, not a personalized programming type stuff yeah and it's like the PT on the floor yeah yeah it's, it's like, a tough one right because this is a challenge the thing. Eh? Um, you could draw so many parallels like let's 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 sort of go bigger right um, you commented on something I've posted before about the the pollution right like so yeah. there's all this talk about methane from animals um, and we have as many cars on the road or vehicles on the road as we <laughs> as we do cows yeah um, and you cannot stand there straight face and tell me that a cow produces more pollution than a car yeah yeah um it's, it's it's impossible it's ridiculous um but that's the that's where we're at like i've heard things where they talked about eliminating all of the the moose or something in Finland or something yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. ideas like this to, to reduce methane so we, have, we, uh, we do actually have that in New Zealand yeah yeah um, I think it was the start of the year or end of last year Forest and Bird every now and again come up with a little bit of a hit piece and they poke, poke the beer at Doc oh. and say you're not doing enough And was that the tar oh did that that was previously that thing? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> previously it's been the tar this last one was that if we can Eliminate all our feral deer population in New Zealand. We can greatly enhance our um, oh, carbon wow. sequestration and, and um, you know, get rid of this massive carbon source. And you're like, okay, um, if anyone wants to be sort of um, have that paradigm thrown in their face, country calendar on Sunday. What are we today? We're the like fifth or fifth so. Or eight. Six, yeah. So it must mean the end of March. Um, is a high country lease leasehold station, and he's going through showing where you know they're grazing the sheep and how they graze the sheep and the sheep move on and all that sort of stuff. And then he highlights this U shaped corner that has like a big cliff face and it's pretty difficult to muster in and out of. And so they've just fenced it off and it's left to the rabbits. You know they've got the obligation to pest control it, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's just this dead zone. And he's saying like, here we graze animals there nothing happens and yeah. so that thing that comes out of the the back end of those sheep you know you say what you will about it but that's the that's the gold and that's what keeps this tusk of country looking as yeah. incredible as it does yeah 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 exactly yeah. um it's crazy and so 
bringing this parallel back in in, in a large fitness organization uh they will get quite focused on one particular thing mm. um but they'll do it through you know marketing so their classes are started via the marketing department mm. first mm. Right. and so w- where i was going with the the pollution was um persuading people to give up 4.4 million cars is going to be hard right? mm-hmm. but we all say oh pollution's bad but we don't want to give up our cars yeah so in the fitness industry we all say oh, we want to be healthy and fit and, and vibrant and have longevity but we don't want to do what we actually have to do yes what we want is um what i would uh, loosely call exertainment right right we, we we want fitness to be fun mm-hmm um, and we want the disco lights and the cool music and, you know, we want to look cool. Produced by the uh, singer of Netherworld Dancing Toys, fun yeah. fact. Yeah. It's my uncle's, my uncle's cousin, eh? When he told me that, I was like, wow, is that what he does now? Yeah. So, you know, you go to a lot of these modern gyms now and they've got the purple lights, you know, reset and in, set into the floor and they turn the lights off Yeah. Um, and they crank it and they'll have live DJs and they'll choose exercises based on how it makes you feel and fun mm. and how it looks. Um, is it Instagrammable? Mm-hmm. Um, but is it effective? doesn't matter. They're not interested in that. Um, and we, when I say we loosely, collectively, we're kind of not interested in that either. Mm-hmm. We just want to be able to tell someone we've got a membership at a, at a hip gym. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we want to give the impression that we're trying to get we're, fit. We're healthy. Yeah. But, uh, you know, to, to be fit is uh, basically bodybuilding and walking um, you know, and I don't mean be a bodybuilder I mean do weight weight training exercise yeah. to um, build muscle and, and retain strength and um, do a lot of walking yeah. you know and manage your stress and uh, apologies for the train yeah it's good good feature <laughs> but yeah no one wants to do that because it's boring it's repetitive like how are you going to do that for 50, 60 years mm. um, we, that's why you know we and I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying I'm different. I, I love it too, like a good, you know, hit out, a good fun workout. Um, but you got to balance it, hmm. and that's where it's tough. And that was where I always struggled was getting enough people to see, most of the time. But it's funny, right? Like, life is not all fun. Like, you've got to do your taxes, you've got to uh, <laughs> discipline your kids, you've got to have hard, <clears throat> hard conversations with your wife, um, with employees. Hmm. You're gonna have run-ins with people on the street. I don't know. Like, generally, life is is pretty hard going. Mm-hmm. Um, you have stresses over finances, mm-hmm. but then you also have Christmas holidays at the beach, and you have a great meal with out, out you know, go on date night, and mm-hmm. you have a great laugh with your kids, and um, go for a walk with your dog on the beach, and you know, you get to have that as well. But like, if you just said, I'd really like to do nothing but walk on the dog with my beach and and eat amazing food with with my partner. Um, your you life's going to take live away. The, yeah it's not yeah. going to go right so you have to do the hard stuff the not so fun stuff to do the do the fun stuff yeah, the but in fitness everyone just, analogy, yeah, eh? everyone just wanted to kind of live in heaven mm. um, and it just doesn't work that way mm. um, and that's the struggle is trying to find and, and first trying to get people to see that and then trying to find a way to because of course when you see that that's difficult my job is to say well how can I help you make that transition how can it help you to uh find a way to make peace with it and then find some kind of purpose in training this way mm-hmm. um, and that's definitely a tough thing we're not there yet but we're working on it 
No, no. Um, <clears throat> it's kind of like a personal responsibility, per- personal um, sovereignty of, and also time horizon as well. Eh? Like, mm-hmm. and that's you know, they're, again, they're analogous back to the the social media thing. The time horizon is I could put the post up and I look good and I look fit, but really, that turning turning the um, the mirror back around to yourself and going, well, is that true? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you have so yeah. Ultimately, it's it is sort of self responsibility. That person has to make the decision. Mm. Um, yeah, it's just it's such a weird one. We're so good at sort of the self delusion. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, one of the and it's a fitness learning. It's uh, I flattered with the strength and conditioning coach of the tactics, and um, I remember him coming home that you know he's programming. You know, they play netball. Mm. You know they run around a freaking court and sweat their ass off and all that sort of stuff and he's trying to programming strength and conditioning injury prevention yeah you know bulletproofing and they're going oh can we you know do some burpees and stuff and he's like girls you play nipple yeah that's basically burpees and yeah you yeah. not only do you play nipple you play nipple semi-professionally you know as professional as it gets yeah you know we're we're working right now on things to play you netball to the best that you can be yeah. and um <laughs> it's uh interesting to hear uh my younger brother's friends now the physio there in a similar sort of conversation being had and you know dad, dad working in the high performance center hearing mm. the same thing from the yep shooting i still remember watching uh new zealand cricket team at the gym i worked at for a while um at the end of my university days mm-hmm. and uh doing a lot of bench press and bicep curls good and i asked the the trainer <laughs> And he said, well, if I don't give them that, they're not going to do the rest of it. Right. Um, you know, they're human, same as anyone. Yeah. And I get, I like, now I used, used to, I was quite disgusted, but, but now I get it. Yeah. That's the thing. We, we, we've got to find compromises. Mm. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, I spend too much time on Facebook. So I've got an app on my computer that just brings up an inspirational quote. Yeah. When I go to the website. Oh wow! <laughs> you know, and because and you could think, well, just don't go to Facebook yep. when you're trying to get uh, you know get something written. Mm-hmm. Doesn't work. Yeah. I brain starts to wander. Next thing I'm checking out what's going on. Mm. So put something in place that will um, make me do the thing that I really want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's it's it's similar in, in, in whether it's nutrition. You know, like if if you find that you uh, are always finishing work late and you end up stopping off for KFC on the way home, buy some healthy frozen meals mm. and always have them there so you know that um, you've got another option. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I've got you know, nothing at home. That's, we convince ourselves, right? Like, it's ridiculous. Well, if you've got nothing at home, make sure there's something at home. Mm-hmm. Um, but we need to actually put this, like, trick. We need to fool ourselves to make sure that it, that, that happens. You know, and you hear people like... Uh, deleting the apps off their phone or taking the batteries out of the remote or whatever it's just silly little tricks but that's again mm. humans we are we're a silly little species yeah that's a bit of, you know instagram i always have the idea in my head what are you choosing to brainwash yourself with and it's like that's my decision of following and unfollowing eh? it's like just am i brainwashing myself with something good here because i'm coming to the app so when, I, when i'm on it yeah you know well i try to keep myself to a, around 100 accounts yeah uh, so that I uh, minimize that. Um, when I did that, I also saw something crazy, which was uh, you're all caught up. And most people I know have never seen that on Instagram. Wow. You're all caught up. Yeah. Um, I see that all the time. 
Um, and it's great. So I, that's another sort of tactic in, in a sense. Like I can go to Instagram. There's nothing to look at because no one's post over those hundred people has posted anything. Oh yeah. So it's it's kind of blank canvas at the time. It hasn't changed. Um, so that's quite helpful. Yeah, that's not, a cool tactic. Not faffing about, but also yeah, because there's so many so few. I'm very deliberate as to who I follow, and what I find is if I if I scroll past a particular account multiple times across you know a certain number of days or weeks. Um, I'm obviously not valuing what they're offering and yeah. it's no offense to them. It's just yeah. at, at the time of where I am, you know, cause I've followed business, I've followed fitness mm-hmm. and then, mm-hmm. uh, follow a lot of CrossFit now, I follow less CrossFit mm-hmm. and so on. Um, or I'm really into mobility. So I'm following a bunch of mobility accounts. Then I'll slowly unfollow those and start following something. Now, currently I'm following a lot of people who are kind of good on Instagram yep. because I'm interested in just how they do that. So I follow yeah. a bunch of that. And if I ever get good on Instagram, maybe I'll stop <laughs> following them, you know, so on. but it just keeps, keeps the feed a bit cleaner and it stops the clutter and um it cu- curates it a bit more but there's no offense right like you like you're not unfriending someone yeah like you are on facebook it's yeah. like okay it's the stuff that you put out because uh, it's content yes you know it's it's not i don't need that content right now just just unfollow them it's not a offensive thing to do yeah that's that's <clears> a that's a good little tip about that one um you said about writing like how did this sort of creative and and um communication side of things foster with you Darren did, like obviously you got to write in a degree you got to do an essay you got to communicate what you've learned you know and writing an essay seems to be one of the best ways of, of getting that across to the examiner but um yeah where did you sort of writing and communicating and you know doing videos and all that sort of stuff and funny enough uh I I failed a couple of papers at uni and I had to do summer school and then um I think it was making up like one one last paper I had to do, I ended up taking this course called Science and Communication. Oh, cool. Um, and it was exactly that. It was like communi- better communicating scientific principles and the uh, the final sort of uh, test or essay or whatever was um, presenting on a topic on, on your field to the class. And the class was from all fields of science. Mm-hmm. So when I stood up there and talked about, I think it was, might have been strength training or creatine or something like that, and I, I'd say it in a way that they could understand. And yeah, it really stuck with me. Just uh, some of the stuff you thought would be quite simple, you know, wasn't to people who had no exposure to it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they often I, I hear that this, you know, you're supposed to present something like so a seven year old can understand. And I think that's a bit extreme because I, I also like to uh, give my um, readers credit mm-hmm. that they, you know, um, are somewhat self educated and want to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always tried to bring that into the gym as well, like educating, making education a big part of it. Mm-hmm. I always wanted people to understand why they're doing what they're doing. I did, I did think that would increase the buy-in, um, and I, it seemed to. Um, so yeah, I'd write blog posts for the gym on the website, and um, that just became a regular thing. And I got into a pretty good run for a while. I, was, I spent years where I managed at least four or five a week. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then just hit this massive wall, <clears throat> writer's block, and I don't think I wrote anything for a year, and then I just started to sort of chip away again. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was sort of like one or two a week at the end there. Um, so yeah, it was just fun and just yeah, just trying to trying to bring principles across. And uh, I've I've definitely liked to come at it in a roundabout way. Um, mm. I used to joke that my superhero alter ego was Tangent Man. <laughs> um, so, but that's that was I guess my signature move was um, was trying to teach something in the field of fitness and health and nutrition. But start with some sort of you know analogy or some story that would lead me to my point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you brought up creatine there. 
yeah. I think um, Mickey can probably take responsibility for having Sprint Fit pretty much sell out of Gertine the other day. She put on that. She did. I couldn't get any either. Yeah, I was like, because like, uh may have been Derek Woodski or a couple of guys that have sort of come across talking about, I think it was Derek Woodski actually on his Ecobolic podcast. They talked about Gertine one day. It's just one of those things in the back of my head. You know, uh-huh. I, t- I took it when I was in Dunedin. Yeah. You know, trying to be a bigger rugby player and then yeah. never taking it again. And then this, this people say, nah, creatine is actually a very good brain concentration, longevity oh, it's, supplement. It's a wonder drug. Yeah. Um, and it's crazy. And then she, so she had a talking with Dom D'Agostino on her podcast. Yeah. And then, yeah, she put up the other day, this creatine's on special. And I, just two days later, went into Sprint for it and I was like, you know, this one's for this price. I click, not out of stock. Forget about two <laughs> days. I, I clicked like an hour or so after she posted and it was all gone. So I'd just run out. And so I thought, oh, great, perfect timing. Um, but no, she, she must have caused a run on it. Yeah. So like, how do you view the supplement that? I'm sure there's plenty of people like me, rugby players at university or, you know, on their apprenticeship or whatever, just, you know, as, as, as the common thing, trying your book, um, yeah. took some creative. Yeah, well, that was, I mean, that was the first thing. And in the old days, you know, it was like you $80, cycle. $80 for a container. Yeah. And you had to cycle on and off. And that was, you know, just made it sound like steroids, right? That was the point, I think. <laughs> uh, it was, you've got to get your book out, so you got You to don't have to load, you don't have to cycle it. Uh, and I've probably taken it continuously for the last 10 years. Yeah. Actually, I think by the time I took, taking creatine you didn't have to load you know it was like no just start yeah. taking the thing yeah <laughs> yeah most of the containers will still say something along those lines though because you use more right yeah um but yeah uh if you just start taking approximately five grams uh there or thereabouts uh eventually it saturates in mm-hmm. the tissues in your way mm. um, but yeah that's the main reason that that became such a big deal was that it increased um output recovery um, when lifting weights um, mm. or performing very you know like sort of sprint intervals uh, but then yeah they started seeing all these other benefits um, and yeah the, the big ones were around that cognitive aspect but it almost seems like you name a, a condition mm. there's been a study done where they've used creatine to see how it affected it and <laughs> there was some kind of positive benefit um, it's just amazing so uh, again, this is something that's actually occurs naturally uh, in meat mm. For those listening who, who don't know, but um, it's now produced synthetically as a, as a supplement, you know, just because of the sheer volume of it. Mm. But yes, yeah, it's, it's found in red meat, uh, in meat, um, and so it is a natural substance, but we can increase the concentration of it in our own bodies, and effectively, creatine is kind of like a buffer when we're exercising at a high intensity. We are, um, we are using an a, a energy system known as... Um, creatine phosphate system mm. and so when that fuel starts to decrease we start to fatigue if we have high levels of creatine in our body we kind of can kind of pre- delay that fatigue keep chucking more peas across <laughs> Ch- keep chucking more peas across exactly the phosphates um so yeah it was a very layman's term description uh but that's yeah that's effectively what happens and it's if you could normally de- get 10 reps you might get 11 reps mm. with creatine which is a 10% increase, which is massive across you know, a given, given period of time. Or you might recover 10 seconds faster, which might make a huge difference on the rugby field. Mm-hmm. So yeah, a lot, of, a lot of benefits there. But yeah, for me now, again, it's, yeah, it's cognitive benefits and, um, and that sort of thing that uh, I continue to take it for. Mm-hmm. It's now it's cheap, you know, instead of 80 bucks a bag, it's 25. Um, and uh, yeah, you don't have to load it so it lasts even longer. <laughs> yeah. 
No, it's um, it's it's funny how the you know, bro science comes around. <laughs> it really is. Uh, it really is. Well, do you know the in the last couple of years they proved that muscle memory was an actual thing. All oh, right, it used to be you know, oh muscle memory, muscle memory. Um, it, it it is true. Like you know, if you were at a certain level and you you um, move away from that, you can get back to it quicker mm-hmm. um, than if you'd never been there before. No, it's uh, many people have observed muscle memory. Eh? Yeah, but it was always bro science until you know <laughs> until someone's proved it. It's not it's not true. Yeah, yeah. You, like you brought up that uh, fascinating place of the internet and it kind of fits in with bro science. Like I remember, oh, yeah. I remember uh, our last year of university. Thankfully, my flatmate was doing sport and exercise science through Auckland University, so we had him a sort of a check and balance in that rugby. Um, I had Steve Gimrich and we had Fred there to sort of and um, our physio. Uh, you know we, that sort of checked and balanced either either side of what we were doing but like we were following that's how I got in, following Keegan Smith we were following old Elliot Hulse we were following the Hodge twins and then I think we might have started watching some CrossFit workouts mm-hmm. yeah um, and then the 300 workout like you said yeah. we went to we went to my optometry ball on that last year and dressed up as Spartans so yeah we, we wrote these you know 500 rep workouts would be in the Auckland University gym yeah. doing box jumps in one corner and over to the bench press in the other and the chin up bar over there and yeah, it was pretty you know we were pretty odd in that gym yeah the two of the guys were rowers so that helped you know yeah. and, and things like that but like when it when it comes to being the leading edge of a of a fitness form how do you <laughs> cut the wheat from the chaff is like CrossFit international giving you some things to look into or are you self-directed on where you, where you go and where you take your knowledge and where you then implement that with with the gym yeah that's very much up to me um across itself is still running you know just fine um, yeah um and yeah the what if there's any criticism is from mine it's just i think there can always be more effort to help the general public understand the benefits of it mm-hmm um, and then I also, as I said earlier on the podcast, I do criticize a lot of uh, practitioners and coaches for how they um, portray it or how they teach it, mm. um, where the it's intensity at all costs uh, and, and pushing people into competition when it's not their goal. They're mm. there to be healthy. They're there to be you know, a, a better husband or a better wife or um, better at their job and... Uh, competing at fitness doesn't always help you um be fit mm. because and that's competing in anything right like you know it's most people would be like duh if, if you said i'm gonna play professional rugby i'm gonna get into see if i can get a career in mma i'm gonna take up boxing uh i'm thinking about this thing called base jumping you know um we know those things are dangerous and that you can get badly hurt um and and that can happen in the sport of fitness Mm. Um, because you're maxing out you're going you you are competing you're going as hard as you can um and so things can go wrong and that's and that's fine like that's that's the nature of sport and that's part of what makes human human race pretty amazing that we're willing to test you know like just take name any great in any sport they uh, put it all on the line Mm. you know because there's a, a thousand others that tried the same thing and they failed and it's that's the that's the risk you have to take, right? Mm. And the same, it's in business, you know, the billionaires and then the, the ones that, were, that, that crashed. 
um, and took a dive out of a Wall Street building, you know, in the 80s or whatever, right? There's, there's winners and losers, absolutely. Mm. And so that's that's what human race is. And so people are willing to do that. It's great. It's the ones where you go, where you can see you're not going to win going down this path, but there's other things you can win at. Um, mm. Let's try that. Uh, those are the ones that you know, I always struggled with and wanted to help. Yeah, I, I think uh, I've seen a couple of comps of late that have... Um movement criteria for the different scales and i think that's something that's quite valuable but yeah i've even found that <clears throat> having quite a long training age there's movements in the gym that i can do and then there's other ones that um should house at which yeah. is the great thing um i find about crossfit is that there's always a level of challenge and like, yeah like say if you approach it uh i'll call it properly that you do scale accordingly like you, yeah. like you brought up yeah and <clears throat> have people say oh you know you're really fit and you're you know good in these movements you should enter a competition and you go mm, i'm pretty sure the competition is anything and i'm gonna fall down and potentially hurt myself because yep. it's comp- competing this so yeah no not yet yeah you know? and some people you would you know some people would be it would be argued that they're doing that they're scared and they should face that and you know that's the point of competition is to see, get presented with stuff that you know will take you outside your comfort zone mm. And on the right day, that's exactly what happens. You know, I've seen people spend 10, 10 efforts trying to clean and jerk a weight that is their one RM, mm-hmm. and then they get it, and then they do it again ten seconds later, which you know, is, it's no, now it's their two RM. <laughs> New physiology. Um, or getting that first muscle up yeah. at the end of a, you know, like with the buzzer about to go, and they get a muscle up. Uh, um, but we only remember those stories. Mm. But there was five people that tried that jerk and was just, you know, oh shit. Mm. And they don't realize they've just caused something that five years later, five months later, is going to come back to bite them. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's just a tough one because I, I don't want to be this party pooper. Um, I, I, and, and I've thoroughly enjoyed my um, competitive fitness career. And I still work with athletes mm. in that field at, at the highest possible level um, and love it. But again, um, they are good. They are good at it. Yeah. Um, it's funny you don't see a lot of injuries at the top of the sport. Yeah, um, they move well. Well, that's like no, Noah Olson. I was, you know, I sort of thought he was an up and comer when he was, you know, finishing second and pushing uh-huh. that phrase. But then I was watching the 2015 um, Murph that Jeff Bridges smashed, and Kev Manuel was in that one. I was like, okay, yeah. let's give. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, Olsen's there. I was like, oh, he's actually been around, been around a long, for a long time. time. Yeah, they got pedigree. Yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, genetic freaks, um, lots of practice, move very well. They do everything right. Mm. And, um, of course, you don't see behind the scenes all the work they're doing, and prehab and rehab, and um, the team they've got working with them. I mean, it's what's making it hard is it's stretching the gap. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard to catch those people Yeah. Um, because of that background they've got. Um, and now they've got sponsors and they can train full time yeah. and the level of the sport demands someone that can train full time but if you're trying to break into it you've still got to pay the bills Yeah. Uh, so that's where people you know sometimes I'll say well, if I train hard enough maybe I'll make it but then that can sometimes go wrong Yeah. so it's a, it's a tough tough one I don't know what the answer is because yeah I of course I don't want the human race to stop striving because yeah. I think that uh, you know you can get hurt <laughs> um, that'll be a mistake Yeah. Uh, it's just I guess yeah there's there's as I said, there's there's some people you know shouldn't do it. Um, I personally, like, I'm too old to try to make a billion dollars. Yeah, it'd be too risky, right? I've got responsibilities. Like the things I would have to do to try to make a billion dollars um, would potentially 
be catastrophic mm-hmm. financially. Mm. Um, you know, to, to sort of use an analogy like that, I know it's just the wrong thing to try and do. But if I was say twenty seven, not forty seven, and had this idea that I thought could change the world, mm. that's when I should go for it, right? Mm. Max out. Um, and if it bombs, I'd, I'd be okay. I'd be able to pull yeah, myself okay. back. Mm. Um, <clears throat> yeah. It's kind of the same topic, but you know, I've to asked you about the centenarian Olympics, uh, Peter Atiyah's con- concept of being at a hundred years old and picking up your, I guess it would be your great great grandchild, holding them above your head. If you fall on the ground, which hopefully being strong and stable means you don't fall on the ground, but you mm-hmm. can get up. Yes, you know, getting out of the seat without needing the old man grunts and various helps and things like that. Um, yeah, how has that sort of now like you said you're 47 now what's the longevity of fitness looking like for you <clears throat> um yeah actually i've rounded up i'm 47 in about three weeks yeah but uh i am pretty sure i will be fitter at 50 than i was at 40 and mm-hmm. i was definitely fitter at 40 than i was at 30 and i was fitter at 30 than i was at 20 mm-hmm. um now the 50 will be slightly different metrics mm-hmm. you know i won't be able to do some of the crossfit workouts at the same speed that i could i won't be able to lift the same amount of weights but i will have more endurance i will be more mobile i will be pain free mm-hmm. i'll have more muscle uh, i'll have less body fat uh, i will be happier um less stressed you know? so there's a lot a lot of other things that will be going for me um when i hit 50 um, that I'm pretty sure would, would classify as being much fitter um, or let's, shall we say, healthier mm. than I was at 40. Um, if I can keep that trend going, I don't know about being fitter at 60 than 50. Because at some point we have to peak, right? We have mm. to crest, um, which is another thing I've, I talk a lot to about people, uh, about with people, is, um, yeah, that often our behaviors don't seem to reflect that basic understanding that we're going to die sometime. Mm and we can't possibly keep getting better um there's an you know old greek legend of um milo and his dad gives him a, a baby calf when he's born and says lift the calf over your head every day mm. and so every day of course the calf grows bigger and he gets stronger and then eventually he's lifting this one ton bull over his head and he's the strongest man in greece mm. um, it doesn't go like that right weight training doesn't happen that way but the way people behave is oh god i used to be able to lift this much i'm so pissed off i could squat 200 kilos and mm. now you know, it's like yeah you're 40 you have three kids and you're working 70 hours a week and you your your PR was 28 years old mm. like how can you look at me with a straight face and tell me that you expect that you should be able to now be squatting 350 mm. it's not a linear thing um, but it's amazing the way that people will behave as, as if that was a thing um, and it's just yeah again maybe it's this natural competitive urge that runs through us right we don't want to give up mm-hmm. but uh this is such a big thing and it's sort of tying it all back to fitness like if we finally accept that you you know you can't get stronger or fitter or whatever the metrics are that you're chasing indefinitely does that mean you quit fitness when it runs out Hmm. you know um i stopped pring and strength lifts from about 40 Mm -hmm. um so should i just stop training now i still back squat i still um, press over my head i still do handstands i still do pull-ups whatever you know but I can't do as many pull-ups as I used to, just sort of just stop doing pull-ups. Mm. They still benefit me. I just do them in other ways. I change the sets. Uh, I'm trying to get better at, instead of trying to max out my 1RM front squat, 
I'll try to improve my tenor in front squat. Mm-hmm. I try and squat deeper. I try and squat with a more rigid spine. Uh, I'll throw pause squats into the mix. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll just create new challenges. Um, that sort of thing. But that's a hard thing to let go of. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of people, because uh, CrossFit was the first thing that actually gave them decent results in the first place, that then creates an a, a environment where they, they can't let go of that mm-hmm. training that way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's tough. Most gyms don't program anything higher than five reps, mm-hmm. unless it's in a Metcon. Yeah. So the idea of doing three sets of 10 is so foreign, mm. um, but that might be the, the next step once the fives and the threes and the ones have stopped returning um, the investment, you know? Yeah, I sort of was thinking about when we were talking about closing the gym and then there again, like that attachment to what it is that you've done that's got you to where you are right now. like. Mm-hmm. You know, um, plenty of conversations I've had about, you know, people that have had a level of, of something and that's defined them and sort of things like that. And then they've struggled to move forward. They've struggled to move on. They've had severe depressive episodes and yeah. even, even got to the point of nearly committing suicide and yeah. attempting even. And yeah. it's kind of like... It's a huge thing, yeah. Attachment and, and health are, yeah, they're, they're kind of opposite because you've got to commit to stuff. But yeah. You know how much you gotta be fluid. Yeah, how much do you let it define you? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And if you can just maintain a sort of slight level of detachment, you know, like this, like if if you're yeah, I'm I'm if I'm defined by being a CrossFitter, let's say, Mm. that's a that's a problem because um, you know what am I after that? And yeah, as you said, depression and stuff. uh, High level athletes, you see that all the time. You know, they're top of their game and then then they're not. Um, Yeah, you know, we've got guys um stealing money from their granddads oh, to, yeah. to gamble yeah. with right um yeah. uh there's got to be something af- after that um and i know like i know that certain organizations try to help help their their guys and girls you know um learn about what they're going to do after um but it's tough because they while they're you know that's probably two percent of their day mm. and the rest of it is you're so great you're so great you know <laughs> so it's hard to come out the other side and, and, and be a stable human being I think for a lot of them unfortunately they're young they're impressionable yeah um, it'd be it'd be tough I know I'd be I would have been a rat bag to put it mildly if I'd you know been on the big contracts in my early 20s um, yeah. for some sport it would have been not not pretty yeah I also think it's like the biggest shame eh, that you, you know, people tell you that your brain doesn't develop properly or connect up properly to your prefrontal cortex to your 25 and growing up you're kind of like oh, I'm thinking pretty you know thinking about things and then you kind of get to that age and and i'm sure there's added added value of responsibility and yeah Yeah. experience but you know you really do go yeah i thought about that a little bit more before i jumped in and did that and yeah you find i was 25 i went to my mother and i said i'm sorry (laughs) yeah Yeah. Yeah. i finally realized yeah yeah So, so that ties in perfectly. Great seaway evolving, evolving fitness. What, what, are we, what, have you, what are you offering now uh, there? In terms of business, yeah. Um, well, yeah, uh, evolve fitness collective. Uh, I do that with. Uh, she used to be a coach for me, and now she runs uh, her own gym, mm-hmm. uh, which is Propolis in uh, Epsom, Auckland. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Harriet Hovac. Uh, so we have a. Um, a small community of people who are yeah just looking to evolve their fitness so it's often a lot of crossfitters who are just sort of looking for that next step 
perhaps the the uh, gym environment's not suiting their goals, uh, or at the other end of the spectrum, people who are interested in functional fitness but they're not ready to take that step into a gym. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, just the current environment, right? So many people are training at home or in a more commercial space, mm. doing their own thing. Uh, so it was just an opportunity, and it was it was really good timing. Uh, when Harry and I started speaking about this, it was as as I was thinking about winding up the gym. It was a way to keep because um, was because we worked together. We had very aligned philosophies. So the way she programmed for her gym was very similar to the way I programmed for my gym. And so it was a way to keep the programming alive mm-hmm. from NZ Fit, and it was a way for Harriet to offer an alternative for people who train at home from her gym. Mm-hmm. Um, so that worked out really great. Uh, so we offer a couple of different tracks for um, to, to, to tie in a bit nice, more nicely with people's uh, desires. Mm. Um, and then um, I also work uh, one-on-one remotely with uh, with a number of clients, um, mostly the 40-plus, mm-hmm. um, exactly what we've been talking about all this time, sort of 40-plus have, have had a bit of uh, time uh, in in the ring, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, life is caught up and and things have got a bit hard and they're not really sure why the stuff they used to do isn't working, and um, so we we just have uh, a bit of a a powwow about you know some different strategies that we can employ um, fitness wise, nutritionally, mm-hmm. mindset, mm-hmm. Um, lifestyle practices to uh, get them back on track, and it's just a chance to coming all the way back to what I was talking about to finally now the accountability and um that consistency and uh teaching how to find some intent and some purpose and some fulfillment with training that's mm-hmm. the the big teach for me and what i'm really trying to do is circling all around you know like okay you, you're not going to be uh necessarily the alpha anymore but there's a lot to be there's still a lot to be gained a lot, a lot of learning to be done a lot of exploring um how can you be your best at the age you're at and um, and sustain that um, to be in the centenarian Olympics, which is ultimately, right, all anyone really cares about. They might say they don't earlier on, but the closer we get to it, the more we realize that's actually all we want. Mm-hmm. How, how do you feel that integration's going on when when you're at that stage of things? Like, um, I've had Luke Taylor a few times on from Taylor Health and Performance in um, Hamilton, which is, you know, one of the few movement style gyms I've sort of heard about and, you know, slowing down and body, mind, mm-hmm. journaling, you know, in- integrating physiotherapy and, and um, health coaching and um, yoga and Pilates and gym equipment. Yeah. Um, We're getting and, there. And then a, a physiotherapist, uh, Chris Desmond, that'll be on before this. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So he's started a new company called Health Mentors. So he's no longer in the exact physiotherapy space, but again working with these people to try and reach high performance health you know executive top nice. people yeah you know and yeah have a chat with fred about you know some of the things he wants to do yeah, yeah. so all very it's yeah. i think Not, you know, Nigel beach here in, in, yep. in the mount you know yeah. it's um the, the people are starting to be ready i think um, yeah and uh yeah, that you know, the people exploring breath work, cold mm. and heat exposure. They're, they're getting in. You know, it's, it's not embarrassing to say you meditate now. It's not embarrassing to say you have a gratitude journal. Yeah, uh, and and it's wonderful. It's mm. great that people are seeing that. And so I don't know what we'll see in terms of trends. You know, will someone asked me just the other day, like if I thought 
CrossFit was kind of going to die. I don't think it will. Mm. Um, yeah, there's, there's still so much good stuff for it to offer. Like they and they without CrossFit wouldn't. I don't think we would have breath work. I don't think we'd have meditation, which which maybe seems kind of counterintuitive, but uh, it was so alternative at the time. It opened people's minds and eyes to to different ways of of training and their key tenets were about you know learning and 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 absorbing what is useful and rejecting what isn't and you know, classic bruce lee stuff and um that picked your yeah <laughs> that's yeah i think that that that's carried through into you know and helped other people get into the space and 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 what's been really interesting actually is uh people who did crossfit were the most receptive to new ideas mm. so that it spawned so many offshoot businesses um it, it allowed um Commonwealth Games weightlifters to create businesses mm. coaching weightlifting um, that never existed before. No one wanted to learn weightlifting except people who wanted to compete in weightlifting. Mm-hmm. And suddenly there was people they were traveling the world doing seminars, <coughs> um, and that was same for powerlifting, same for strongman, same for gymnastics, same for there's like um, running as well. People there's a, you know, specialty course for everything now, and that all started from CrossFit. Mm. Um, and so the the movement guys, you know. Um, Portal and stuff like that like he won't admit it because he's he's a stubborn bugger but his classes were probably sold out because again because of crossfit it was mostly crossfitters that were starting to go to that stuff um so yes it's 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 interesting um but yeah the overall the people are ready now to just explore some of this other stuff and that's i'm quite excited to see where we go with um you know with this more intentional approach to, to to movement to health to fitness Hmm. Awesome, man. So, where are people finding you in in that platform? Uh, easiest way is probably Instagram, um, mm-hmm. Darren Ellis seventy five, mm-hmm. and um, you know all the various links um, spawn off from there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I'll put that in the show notes, so it'll be easy to click on. Um, so, my final question is: What keeps you in flow, Darren? Um, way you live your life, or a quote, or a mantra, or something like that. Well, I'm going to say what keeps me flow is flow itself, yeah. um, moving, mm-hmm. uh, and, and that can be in any way. So I, I am fond of movement flows, but uh, if I'm uh, out on uh, in under the ocean, mm. um, uh, running on a trail, uh, just to sort of being being outside in nature, um, having my, my body's engine working, you know to to uh, propel me along it or under it or in it or, or whatever it is then yeah I'm, I'm pretty happy and I'm feeling uh, part of the universe awesome I like that cheers man this has been really fun thank you good chat and, uh, this has served an awesome studio your little office yeah okay. <laughs> great little desk here as well I'm uh, keen on the old movable height it was um, yeah it was an investment well worth making actually I, I've been loving it yeah and most of these days up but yeah once in a while I just sort of need a break Chop it but, um, this is the first time I've had an office and my productivity has gone through the roof it's amazing you know I could just come in and it's like that switch is thrown you know I'm, yeah. I'm at work kind of thing environment yeah well, and, I, and I know you know some people talk about the work from home mm-hmm. issue and how it is hard with kids or this that and going on so it's just been able to come in here and as opposed to a laptop on the couch you know mm-hmm. um, so it's been magic brilliant wrap it up lovely thank All you right.